We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome to the Big Cat Chat podcast, a podcast all about the coming up back-to-back premieres, the Penrith Panthers. Uh, I am your host, Jack Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nat Sinclair. Nat, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, given, given what's going on. Given circumstances. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, Nat and I are currently going through the wars of one of us has tested positive for COVID and the other one is waiting on a more than likely positive COVID test. So, but we're still fighting on. We're doing our best Dylan Edwards impression as usual. (laughs) His heroics just inspire us every single week to just beat the odds and keep recording. Yeah, exactly. Especially when the great man is in such good form too. Oh, beautiful form. And we'll talk about that. I'm sure at nauseam later. Oh, I believe we will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your way with the premiership. Okay, so the main news point to come out of the the week that's been since we last recorded is Moses Leo's injury. Now, I believe it's a, a fracture to his shoulder, isn't it? And uh, he will be out for what they believe is eight to eight ten weeks. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, it's sad. I think Moses Leota is quite an um, underrated part of our side. Um, you know, just like Dylan Edwards, really, we've got the players, of course, that are the stars, but we also have players in our team that without them, the stars don't have the right platform to do their starry things. So he's definitely one of them. And he's someone that I've noticed in the past, especially in the recent seasons, we actually really do notice when he's gone. Um, so it's really unfortunate that he is having that timeout. Again, would love, you know, would much prefer this happen now than towards the end of the season. Um, hopefully he'll be on his way after his, you know, eight weeks off. I think they tried to um, just stick with physio and it didn't work. So, you know, it's definitely best for Moses, I think, the route they're going down now. Um, so, yeah, really disappointing, I guess, for the team, but hopefully he's back on his feet or on his arms <laughs> sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think people often don't realise just how important Moses is to the team and that he's actually one of our longest-serving players. Like, he debuted in 2016. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, and he's been pretty much in the team the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first couple of years, he was sort of going in and out, kind of like how Spencer is at the moment. But he's a very integral part of our team. And he stepped up brilliantly since we lost Tamo and Tedavano to really make that starting spot his own. And mm-hmm. the way that, yeah, he just, he gets us off on the right foot because he was that sort of bash and barge impact prop for a few years. But the way he's transitioned into being a safe prop that's good as well as starting the game and going up against every other team's starting props, 
I think yeah. that's yeah. a very underrated aspect of his game, and he will be a big loss. Uh, it will be yeah, interesting sure. to see, yeah, how we cope without him. I think I think we will be okay given the strength of our team, but we can't underestimate the loss that this is. And we seem to just be the unluckiest team at the moment when it comes to shoulder injuries, don't we? We do, yeah. It's like something in the water out there. Um, so yeah, it's really unfortunate, but on the bright side, you know, we have shown that we've got some really good depth in the squad, um, as shown by Sean O'Sullivan's wonderful performance on the weekend in place of Nathan Cleary. And I am really excited and hopeful that it's Spencer Lemieux that's going to step up. Um, he's in my super coach team. And I didn't think that through initially because he doesn't play many minutes, but now Ivan doesn't really have a choice. I feel he has to put him on for some minutes. And again, I don't know why he doesn't. It's one of these, another little Ivanism that I just don't understand. Um, Because every time I see Spencer, I think he does such a wonderful job. So I'm excited to see how he goes. Um, Presuming that he will be the person to really step into that Moses's role and kind of step up and play um, a lot more minutes than he has been recently, which has been limited to about 10 or 20 minutes every game. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting to see who, like Spencer has been named to start, but how the minutes are spread out. Because obviously Spencer at the moment probably isn't as fit as Moses because he's not training to be a starting prop. So I will be actually quite intrigued about whether he does start or whether there's a late change and someone like Eisenhuth does start. Um, I think you and I both have our preference of Spencer. But... Oh, my God, yeah. Like, nothing against Eisenhuth, but, like, he's not Spencer. Like, Spencer's exciting. No. Yeah. And, like, he offers ball playing and, like, he's he's um, just makes me excited. Um, Eisenhuth does not make me excited. He makes me nervous. <laughs> Yeah, like, like we're not going to lose a game on the back of Eisenhuth, but Spencer is the kind of player that I think we can win a game on the back of. Yeah. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be very interesting to see what happens. And obviously we wish Moses the best of luck in his recovery and we can't wait to see him again. Exactly. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Okay, so last Thursday night, Penrith Panthers opened the 2022 NRL season with a resounding 28-6 win over the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Nat, you and I were both at the game. What did you make of it? I, like, obviously, I was a bit nervous last week. I think when we were talking to Ella, I was quite, um, you know, um, worried about the fact that we wouldn't have Nathan and just nervous about if they would have that drive now they've won the premiership to keep, you know, that standard up that they had for the past two years. And they showed me, like, they came out with a performance without Nathan which was, you know, as good as some of the performances I've seen in the last, some of our best performances in the last two years. It was amazing. Everybody did their job. Um, they completely nullified the effect of Tommy Turbo, which in effect nullified the effect of the entire team. And it was just, everyone just did their job. I found for me, 
Um, what I really liked and what was maybe different from last year is that when Nathan wasn't there last year and we would have Matt Burton playing, I almost feel like it was like an expectation that Matt would just do everything. Like there was a lot of pressure on him and he's obviously a very talented player. And I found that Jerome didn't really step up when he was playing at half and it kind of was the Matt Burton show, but Matt was still inexperienced and he couldn't really like do it all himself. Whereas I find with Sean O'Sullivan, perhaps because he was a debutant and he doesn't have that skill set that we know of yet that Matt Burton did, the other players stepped up a little bit more and it just let Sean play an excellent game, you know, stepping back, being really good kicking game, being there when he's needed, but not trying to overplay his hand. And it just was awesome. I, you know, we were head and shoulders above the rest of the competition last round. And it is crazy because we've won the premiership. We've made the two grand finals in two years. I don't know where they keep getting this energy from, <laughs> um, but I love it. It's amazing. What did you think of the game? Yeah, I, I loved every moment of it. Um, we just completely dominated in a way that I didn't think we would. I thought we'd win, but mm. I, I, I'm pretty sure that all three of us last week tipped the game to be in around the 1 to 12 area. Yeah, close. Which, yeah. Yeah, and it just, it really wasn't. And no, it wasn't Manly, Manly were poor. There's no denying terrible. That. But yeah. We didn't give them any opportunity really to be good. And the one opportunity yeah. we did give them to be good, they scored. So it shows yeah. that it was still a quality opposition we were versing. And mm. it probably shows that we're still at our level, maybe even a level above where we were in the past two years. And Manly yeah. is still at that level that they've been at with that hump they need to get over of being able to beat the bigger teams. And it's just a good sign that we're still one of those bigger teams. And our forward pack didn't give their forwards an inch, which didn't mm. allow you know, Turbo and Daly and Kieran to do anything. And as a, in contrast, Sean O'Sullivan and Luai just worked so brilliantly together. You can see that there is a bit mm. of continuity in that mm. Sean was a Penrith junior. Yeah. yeah. And he came yeah. up, came through playing with Nathan and Jerome. And they just know each other's game quite well, which is like what you were saying about Burton last year when he was paired up with Luai, where Burton was always playing fantastic. But it sort of, it did feel a bit like the Matt Burton show and Luai was mm -hmm. kind of just going through the motions out there because Matt Burton's such an intense player mm -hmm. and it didn't really allow Luai to do his own thing. And he sort of had it on him to try and be the Nathan Cleary, which he's not. But then mm. Sean just came in and did the best impersonation of Nathan Cleary you're ever likely to see. And yeah. it just freed up Jerome perfectly to do whatever he wanted on that left edge. And you saw it with the try where it was just a lovely bit of support play for a kick-out offload. And that's the kind of play that we didn't see in the games yep. last year because it was Burton playing on that left edge whenever... Nathan was out and so Jerome was too busy organizing in the middle and Burton had the running game himself to sort of go himself most of the time so yeah, we didn't yeah. really have that sort of same level of being able to throw multiple different things at them we were kind of a one-trick pony which was just Burton's yeah, yeah. Best step and like we all we realistically know that Matt Burton's a better player than Sean O'Sullivan but just in terms of the fit for the team that was perfect on Thursday night. 
And I think it's eased a lot of worries with people that we clearly don't need to rush Nathan back into the team because we don't want that shoulder of his to be a long-term problem. No, it's not worth it. Yeah, no. And honestly, give him as much time as he needs to come back because if we play like that every week and Dylan Edwards plays like that every week and Isaiah Yo plays like that every week, then we're surely among the favourites to go back to back. Like there are a few people who have been saying that our window is over, but it's clearly not. We still have that. Our window is. Our window. Our two. Our. our, I was going to say our children. Our players. (laughs) Our players are babies. They. Their window is wide open. They're all very young. You know. It's. Um. But I think as well. Like you always need to have in mind. What if we make the grand final and Nathan Cleary gets injured the day before? You know. We need to make sure that there is. We're okay without him. And this is all training. And you know. Our first test, massive, massive tick. So really, really pleased with that round one performance. You can't ask for anything better. It was perfect, honestly. Yeah, I think that it's the final piece in the depth jigsaw in that we Mm. have quality replacements in every position on the field now. Yeah. If anything, we might be slightly lacking a lock with a backup, but that's okay. We can sort of work around that. Whereas if you look at fullback, if Dylan Edwards is hurt, then it's either going to be Staines or Crichton. With the wings, it would be Taylor May. The centres, it'd probably be Rob Jennings or something. And these are all serviceable, good players who can come in and do a job, if not more. Yeah. And it's a good sign because, you know, what if one of these players does an impression of us and gets COVID? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's um, exactly right. And, and it's just really impressive to see that we have that depth this year. We're not going to be perturbed by it. And, um, yeah, look, really impressed. How good was it to be back at the footy? Oh, it was amazing. I lo- it was just such a long time since we'd been back at Penrith. And it was such a good crowd. Um you know, it's it was. I probably got COVID from it, and it was a hundred percent worth it. <laughs> yeah. So it was just the best. Like I forgot how good it is to be back at the football. I find when you're at the footy, you don't look at your phone for pretty much the entire time. You have no service usually because of the amount of people there. Yeah. But you just are completely in the moment with the people that you love that are with you, and it's actually the best. Like it's it's you just get kind of transported. You're watching this team. You you know, this exciting, amazing game. They put in a real show for us. And it's just, it's like a little escape. It's amazing. I've missed it so much. Yeah, the, there is just something different about being at a game. And then even on top of that, being at a game during the season, not just a trial, because trials do have a bit of a weird feel to them. Whereas being there for round one in amongst that crowd, it just like, I'd forgotten how much I missed it. Because what the last game at Penrith in the NRL was June 10, I think, when we versed the Roosters. Yeah, against the Roosters. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that game so clearly because um, we were bringing my fiancé's brother to Penrith for the first time in his life. He's a manly fan, but he got a Panthers beanie. He's a bit of a flip-flop. Anyway, and I remember it was pouring with rain. So I was like, we've brought him along. It's going to pour with rain. What a horrible experience. Then the Roosters, 
got ahead to a 12 nil start and I'm like this is worst case scenario but of course we ended up winning and it was fine but yes I <laughs> will always remember that last game and we had no idea at the time that was going to be the last game um and yeah it's been such a long time and to welcome them back as premiers it was just so special yeah I remember actually at that game with the driving rain I got there during whichever game was the curtain raiser I can't remember if it was cup or flag and it started raining and I was saving seats for my mates and I refused to get up out of my seat because it was the only dry one because I was sitting in it from before the rain. <laughs> and, so yeah, and I needed to go to the toilet so bad, but I refused to get up. And my mates arrived and I told one of my mates he could have my dry seat because I was like, you know, there's no use wasting a nice seat. And when I went to the toilet, I, on my way out, I went in, I grabbed the paper towels and I grabbed like half of the dispenser's worth out of the paper towels and I laid them like six layers thick on the seat and sat back down just to keep me dry because I was you like gotta do what you gotta do. yeah because I was like soaking everywhere else but because I'd been sitting down I was dry like that and so I was like I can't get rid of this like <laughs> and yeah 100% that was, that was actually such a great game to be at too I remember the atmosphere yeah, it was that awesome. game was good and yeah, it felt so amazing to be back and to cheering them on. And like you said, as premiers. And I was there with uh, you know, two of my best mates and my girlfriend and their girlfriends. And it was a great time. One of them's a Manly fan too. So we were just giving it to him the entire time. Yeah, and it was it's just, just lovely. awesome. Yeah, it's, um, it's awesome. And I actually saw uh, our guest last week, Ella, at the game. She was sitting Poor quite Ella. close to us. Yeah, she. We, we got a photo with her before the game and she said to us, she goes, oh, I'll see you after the game if we win. If not, you won't see me. And we sort of laughed at that. And then at full time, I stood up and looked over to where she was sitting. And yeah, I could just see the back of her head as she's walking out. <laughs> I was like, well, she's true to her word. Bless. <laughs> she couldn't use her phone dying. God love her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But yeah, it was, if I was a Manly fan, I would have been so disappointed, like, especially oh, yeah. after the flat track bully stuff, they would have heard all last season and then yeah. they come back and they literally proved that in in the first round. It's just worst case scenario for them. So I do, I do feel for them, but I also hate Manly. So I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel for them on a level, but then I can't help but mm. smile when I see the ladder and they're coming last. Yeah, I was so pleased. And I was just like, yeah. It was, um, it was just, it was, it was quite enjoyable being there and watching it. My sister was giving it to Manly fans as well. And it was just, it was funny. Um, so <laughs> when um, DCE kicked the ball out in the pool and she was just, like, she stood up to these people and she was like, that was a desperate play from a desperate man. <laughs> like, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, as much as I actually do like Tommy, I did quite enjoy jumping in on the Tommy's a wanker chant when that went around. Yeah. I was complaining about the ball going dead. Yeah, and it's yeah, that was so ridiculous. Oh my God. And it's <laughs> so clear it came off him too. But it was yeah. you know, it's one of those things. I think he's a wonderful person. I'm such a big fan of um Tommy T. But you also like I also feel like there are flaws in his game that get glossed over. And I 
like it when that's exposed. <laughs> so, um, and maybe it's the fact that we support Nathan Cleary so strongly and he's kind of like the opposite to Tommy and the James Tedesco's in that if he like, he's had a tough time, I guess, reaching this, that status because everyone just wants to knock him down. Whereas I feel like everyone was very quick to get on the Tommy and the James Tedesco trains. So maybe that's like a underlying resentment towards Tommy. <laughs> but um, yeah, as I said, love him as a person, but it was great to see him get a bit exposed and found out uh, together with his team. Yeah, I agree with you about Nathan, especially the way that ever since he came into first grade, like everyone knew he was coming through because he was such a yeah. star in the junior grades. And then when he hit the NRL and people who support other clubs started to notice him, he just, he copped a lot of criticism that I think at times was undeserved. And I think totally. a lot of it was because his dad was the Tigers coach and the former Panthers oh, coach. Absolutely. And then yeah. it lifted to another insane level when Ivan came back to Penrith. And we and, had that terrible year. Yeah. And like there were flaws in Nathan's game early on in that he was probably a bit too much of like a, a neat player. And he would, yeah. he would, you know, he would get to his the fifth tackle and he'd put in the kick, but it was always a bomb. And he was he was a good player, but he didn't and we could everyone could see the potential in him. But he didn't quite have that star quality yet that he now has. Yeah. Yeah. And now that he was he so has young, that, it was really unfair. Yeah. And now that he has that star quality in him, that target on his back, I think, is even bigger. And yeah. he is one of those players that people will just find a reason to try and bring down. And yeah. I can't wait for him to win Italian just to rub it in everyone's face because it's coming at some point. It kind of is not the best as well because he's actually a really wonderful, humble person. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely agree that he's made choices in the past um, and his choice of friends is probably not, the best but <laughs> yeah. he's a like with that aside he isn't a big head um and he is very pleasant to deal with um and you hear that story told again and again from everybody in the media and everyone around the football so it is kind of unfortunate that he gets painted with that brush because he doesn't deserve it so um i think it's just a classic case of everybody hates nepotism um, we saw it a little bit with the Broncos on the weekend with Billy Walters. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of, yeah, um, fuss made about him being in the team. But he, again, he was really good, Billy Walters. So, again, I think anytime there's that hint of nepotism, people don't like it, which is super understandable because I hate it too. Um, so it just takes those players sometimes a little bit longer to prove themselves to the public, which I'm sure they don't complain about. Look how much money he's taking home a week. <laughs> he's not sweating on it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's like obviously there's a there'll be a level of it that annoys him but honestly there's mm. he doesn't need to worry about what others say because he's at the top of his game at the moment and mm. I actually I actually have a pretty funny um Nathan story about how mm. just much of a nice sort of normal guy he is mm. um this bloke I went to school with who is a Bulldogs fan and he was at Panthers one night and he was in line at the bar downstairs and there's this bloke next to him and he said, oh, hey, mate, you know, how you going? He's like, yeah, good, good. This bloke's talking back and they're having a chat. And they're like, oh, do you watch the game tonight? Because Penrith had just played a few hours earlier. He was like, uh, yeah, yeah, all right. Um, and 
he was just talking to him about footy and he's like, oh, who do you go for? He's like, oh, the Bulldogs. And they were talking about the dog season and stuff. And then they got to the uh, front of the line and the bloke bought him his drink that he was ordering. And he was like, oh, have a good night, mate. He's like, yeah, yeah, you too, mate. You too. And he walks back over to his table and everyone there was like, oh, my God. I can't believe you were just talking to Nathan Cleary in line. <laughs> he was like, oh, shit, that was Nathan Cleary. <laughs> he, he had a conversation with Nathan Cleary the whole time in line for about 20 minutes because of how busy it can get down there on, like, a Saturday night. And Nathan Cleary bought him a beer and had a great conversation with him and just seemed like a regular bloke to the extent that he didn't even totally. realise he was talking to Nathan Cleary and he's a footy fan. And he, and he probably fully, like, appreciated that as well. Like, it would have been nice oh, to yeah. not have people come up to him and just want to talk to him, you know what I mean? Like, just for yeah. few years and stuff. But, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, I guess, that he gets that that rap and I think it's all coming from the the fact that he is Ivan's son and stuff like that. And also people hate success in Australia. It's tall poppy syndrome. It's probably, why we, it's probably why we were cheering Tommy not playing that well. We're doing it too. <laughs> so, it's yeah, I guess it's one of those things. Oh, yeah, we're, we're definitely hypocrites in that regard. But, um, we're total, yeah. we're total yeah. hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're, you know, we'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, so we've actually got uh, a slightly new, I guess, segment to the podcast where we're going to be doing our own Player of the Year award, where we're going to be awarding a 3-2-1 each for that weekend's Penrith game in a Dally M-style system, and we'll tally up the votes at the end and work out who our Player of the Year is. Uh, I actually haven't run this part by you yet, Nat. I came up with a, a really, really mm. bad but good name for it. Mm. <clears throat> About the Dally Mitches. Yeah, no, I'm on board. We love that. Sweet. Sweet. Perfect. <laughs> and we'll have to find a way to uh, give a Dally Mitch medal to whoever wins it at the end of the year. We will. We will figure it out. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll write down all our results as the weeks go by just so we can keep track of it. Uh, have you worked out who your results are for this week? Yes, I have. Uh, do you want to go like one and one, two and two, three and three, or do you want to like just spit out all of them? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Which one? Wait, oh, one sorry. and one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the one and one, two and two, three and three. Awesome. We'll add a bit of fear to it. Yeah, my yeah. number one. Sorry, my one point, not my number one. My one point goes to Liam Martin who, and mind you, there was about 700 players on that. They, everyone could have gotten points in this game. So there, there's going to be people missing out. Um, but, yeah, I just found Liam Martin, especially at the game, which he just wanted to kill someone every time he got the ball. He was just a firecracker out there. Um, and I just, yeah, was really impressed by him. He got that try at the end as well. So my one point goes to Liam Martin. Yeah, he's such an angry player and that's such a good shout. Like I, I, actually, I love it, yeah. I, I actually didn't even consider Liam Martin, but now that you say yeah. it, I'm like, ooh, I could have <laughs> found room for him in my... That's the thing it. was, we was, there was... This will really kind of just highlight that it was a great team performance. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't like, for instance, 
a lot of years when there's a runaway winner in the Dally M where they're maybe the star player in a team that finishes like fourth or something. Yeah, 100%. And that's the that's probably where Nathan has fallen apart in the few years of not winning the Dally M. Yeah. Um, but my one point I gave to Sean O'Sullivan. I originally, I originally had Jerome Luai because I thought he was quite good and I thought he played better than he normally does when Nathan isn't in the team. But then mm-hmm. the more I thought about it over this, like, because that was my initial thoughts straight after the game. But then the more I thought about it over a couple of days, I was just thinking that Sean was the reason I think that Jerome played so well. Yeah. And I didn't have him in my two points or three points slots. So I had to get him in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I went with Sean O'Sullivan for that one. Good choice. Um, my two went to Isaiah Yeo for very obvious reasons. He yep. is as important to us as Nathan Cleary is, in my view. Um, he is the best ball playing lock in the competition. He is an incredible leader. And without him, we are not even half the team. He's, you know, I know that we're a team and it's like all, you know, a, a team performance, blah, blah, blah. But he's actually an individual I can single out that we cannot do what we can do without him. And yet again, he just absolutely smashed out of the park. He was amazing. Um, I just, yeah, amazing. Two points to Isaiah. Yeah, I, I loved Isaiah Yeo's performance on Thursday. I think he is, I think he's all round the best lock in the league. Uh, I think the only other one in the sort of the conversation with him would be Cam Murray, but those two are like, they're very different types of locks. And Yo has nailed, as you said, that ball playing side of it. And the way he just gets through a combination of the hard yards in the middle and the way he eases any pressure on the halves of doing all that work in the middle where he can just shift the ball across and link everyone up. It's such an underrated part of his game. And he really Mm -hmm. has flourished since the rule changes that have kind of allowed a ball playing lock to come back in. Because for Mm -hmm. a few years, we saw that sort of prop style lock where you wanted to fill up with as many big men as possible. But you you need a more dynamic lock now. And I think, yeah, Isaiah Yeo and Cameron Murray are the two best examples of that but in quite different ways. And I think Isaiah Yeo would be the starting lock at every single team in the NRL. I think if he was at South, for instance, Ken Murray would just move to an edge and would still be brilliant there. But I think Isaiah, he's got to be the best lock in the comp at this stage. And if he played halfback, he'd probably be one of the better halfbacks in the comp as well. That's how incredible he is. He's amazing. Well, for my two votes, I went with Dylan Edwards. I absolutely loved Dylan's performance on Thursday night. It reminded me a lot of his performance early last season against the Storm, which was also when Nathan was out, where he seemed to step up to a level and show us just how good he is because it's not always required from him in the team. And I think that is one of his best qualities is knowing when to play his hand and when not to play his hand. And he was excellent on Thursday night. He got us off to a brilliant start of every single set. 
and then in good ball opportunities. He showed a level of skill and ball playing that I think at times we all sort of forget that he has. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, it's no secret that uh, yourself and I and a number of other Penrith fans love Dylan Edwards and we will back him yeah. all the time because he's criminally <laughs> he underrated. <laughs> yeah. And look, we realistically know that in a lot of teams he might be playing on, say, the wing rather than fullback. But that's just because there are different roles in each position. And in this Penrith team, he's the perfect fullback that we could ask for. Yep. Like, I... I remember during the off-season, I, I kept trying to make a joke that Ponga was going to Penrith, mainly just to annoy Newcastle fans. But Ponga wouldn't really suit Penrith's play style in a way that Dylan Edwards does. And I'd understand changing your play style to fit someone like a Ponga if he was your best player, but he wouldn't be the best player in Penrith's team. And so what you do is you find the right pieces that fit around it and Dylan Edwards is perfect for this Penrith team. And he knows when to step up. And on Thursday night, he did exactly that. Like, how many metres did he make? Like, 300 or something? 344. <laughs> like, you know every Dylan Edwards stat off the top of your head, don't you? <laughs> I hold it close to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to pull out if someone's mean to him. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you, you, you search his name on Twitter just to see if anyone slanders him and you just go to town on Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for your big reveal of your three votes? Yes. What a surprise. It's Dylan. <laughs> but I to be thought... completely honest, he deserved it. <laughs> yeah. I, as soon as you said yo for the two votes, I thought, oh, okay, Edwards is getting three. Your three? <laughs> yeah. Is yo your three? Yo is my three. <laughs> there we go. You know, it's tough, guys, having these two amazing players in our team. But we manage. Um, Yeah, pretty much everything you said, like, he is... Like, what was crazy to me was everyone seemed to come around to the fact he played super well on Thursday. But to me, he didn't do anything that I hadn't seen him do for the past year or two years. You know, like, it's what we've been seeing consistently week after week after week. And he may not have the, you know, the the flashy tries and the highlight reels, but he is the best player in that position for our team. And now he's also the undisputed best fullback in the competition based on round one form. So love that for Dylan. Yeah, when you look at every other, I guess, top four range fullback, you know, Parramatta only just scraped through. The Roosters, the Rabbitohs, Manly, they all lost. So it... It has to be Dylan Edwards if you look at that performance. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for Freddie to pick him for Origin. We, oh, I would explode. <laughs> I don't think I could recover from that. Realistically, like, I, we know that there's the pecking order for the New South Wales fullback probably goes what, Tedesco, Trebojevic, Latrell Mitchell. Tedesco and Turbo are probably one game away from an injury a lot of times. And Latrell is one horrifically high tackle away from a suspension. Yeah. Yeah. And how funny would it be to see an all Penrith spine? 
because realistically, you could pick Appy Chorus out over Damian Cook, yeah. depending on what oh, type definitely of considering what we saw this week. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That would actually be quite funny. It would it would be very bad for our chances that weekend. Yeah, but yeah. but that's okay. We've got Sean O'Sullivan. So <laughs> I remember when um I remember um back in I think it was 2016. It was 2016, and Matt Moylan and Josh Mansell got picked for Origin. And yeah. it was at this stage we hadn't had anyone pitch for Origin for dead set years. Anyway, I was so excited. It was at the time I was working with Brydens. And we had this like pre-Origin function. And I drank way too much, way, way too much to the point that I passed out before the game started. And nice. my dad had to come and get me. And he was really upset because I was that excited to see them play. And I don't really drink anymore. But I think we're going to have to bring it back if Dylan Edwards gets picked <laughs> But oh, this yeah. time, maybe not to the point that I passed out before the game. Yeah, can a core stadium uh, hook us up with a big cat chat? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> private, yeah, private box, and we'll invite <laughs> you know all of our faithful listeners along. And yep. you know what, everyone else, don't drink. Let's just let's just feed nat drinks. <laughs> and see how that goes. Oh, I won't take much these days. Yeah, I was just thinking, if you don't drink much anymore, then <laughs> yeah, it's a big problem. <laughs> I'm actually looking at our messages and when I came with the pitch of the player of the year type thing, you did say that you will give Dylan three points every week. And that wasn't even, that was before he deserved it. Yeah, that was at 6pm. <laughs> he didn't, so we he didn't, didn't make it coming. hard. He didn't make it hard for me this time. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I don't want to, I don't want to accuse you of, you know, rigging it just to go with your, message because at this time it was deserved it was very deserved yeah. <laughs> it's your way with the premiership so on to today's main discussion point it's been a pretty good week for Penrith so there haven't really been many you know issues for us to cover but the Leota injury who do you think really needs to step up yes Spencer yeah. Um, if Ivan lets him, he needs to be Spencer. This is his opportunity to like really solidify that spot. Um, and I really don't see it going to anybody else. I don't see anybody else having the impact to to solidify that spot. So um, yeah, Spencer. Yeah, I agree in that we we were all excited for Spencer to make his debut because he was this player that we'd heard about who was this monster in mm. the junior mm. grades. And I think the first thing that he did in NRL was either run straight over Gallon or put on a great tackle on Gallon. It was in that Sharks game yeah. where him, Crichton and Burton all debuted in the same game. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Was such a heartwarming game. And if you look at the, the rise of the other two players that debuted in that game compared to Spencer, yeah. Yeah. Had, he, he hasn't reached where he probably should have by now. And this is a great opportunity for him to do so because the most that we've seen from him really is like a 15 to 20 minute aggressive impact player. Yeah. And he needs to evolve his game in the same way that Leota has. Now, whether that means that we need Ivan to put more faith in him because just Ivan sometimes doesn't seem to have that in him or not. Spencer needs to sort of make his own luck a little bit as well. 
and yeah. we need to see him do that just for a longer time and it'll be a great test to see him do it against it's not the most dynamic dragons forward pack that we're versing this week but it's a big pack yeah and it's full of experienced forwards who you know they're not at the top of their game anymore but they know how to do their job and spencer should look at this as an opportunity to you know embarrass these old men and show why he is the future of the Panthers forward pack and the future of the NRL's forwards, because we all know he has yeah. that ability. Yeah. And I think this is a really good opportunity for him. And it's like, I think that's been a continual thing with our team is that one person will go down and another superstar is born. So, you know, this is his opportunity to have that Brian to or Stephen Crichton moment. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting as well to see who else plays in that role because obviously Matt Eisenhuth has been brought onto the bench. So he will come on and I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start and play the first 20 minutes. I hope he doesn't, but I I don't think it's the worst idea in the world when considering the type of player Spencer is. But yeah, I'd, I'd like him to evolve and for him to start. And we could even see, you know, Mitch Kenny playing a few minutes in the middle, just doing those tough carries and maybe getting a few more minutes this week. Yeah, and um, that's all good on our end. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, the more Mitch, the better. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, and, like, we've, especially since... We have Jamin Salmon on our bench, who we seem to have converted into a bit of a back rower. So, what Eisenhuth is the only sort of, I guess, middle forward on our bench. Sorensen and Kenny can do a job there. Yeah. And I guess Yo, if required, could probably do a little stint as a prop. But this is Spencer's time and we need to see it from him if we're going to see it from him at all in the NRL. Totally agree. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with the opportunity. Yeah, I can't wait for him to put Aaron Woods into retirement, to be honest. (laughs) Long awaited. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit overdue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Okay, speaking of this weekend's game, Friday night, 6pm at Cobra. Uh, I don't know what the actual like sponsor name of their ground is. I'll check that. It is Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. It- Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the St. George Illawarra Dragons at home to the Penrith Panthers. Uh, what are you looking forward to seeing from this match? Much of what we saw last week would be good. But in all honesty, I watched the Dragons game last week. Um, the Dragons were good. They were good. Yeah. Um, and they always start well. Like you don't want to play them at the beginning because they always start well. I picked them quite confidently against the Warriors last week, purely for the fact that I remember every single year 
I think they're going to make the eight and every single year they let me down. So, um, yeah, I'm, they, they were really good. Um, uh, their game was definitely not as much of a defensive grind as what we showed against Manly. Um, and that gives me confidence because the Dragons will not be able to run up the score that they did against the Warriors against defence like what we have. Um, it won't be as easy for them, but I still think it's going to be a really good matchup and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how it goes. Um, I'm just keen to see if they can back up what they did last week. I'm keen to see um, Edwards up against Tyrell Sloan. Like Tyrell Sloan was so good last week. He's a really exciting player, so I'm keen to see um, if we can kind of do a job on him like we did with Tommy and just bottle him up and not give him that space. Um, so I'm, I'm keen to see that. I think this is going to be a good game for a player like Charlie Staines to kind of come out of his shell a little bit as well. He wasn't bad at all um, against Manly, but both wingers really didn't do much. Both him and Brian weren't really the stars of the show at all, which I guess is probably a little bit different for Brian. So I'm wondering if in a game like this, where it's not as much focus on the, the fullback like there was on Tommy, will they be able to kind of shine a little bit more? Um, so I'm excited to see how they go. Um, really, for me, it's always in the back line because it is going to be a pretty big matchup with the forward pack for the Dragons. They've got a nice big forward back too. So I think last year where we kind of just ran out last week, sorry, where we ran over the Manly forward pack, we're probably not going to be able to do that as well this week. So I think the backs are going to have to step up a little bit so, um, yeah, keen to see if Targo and Crichton can repeat um, the great performances they had on against Manly and keen to see if Staines and Tua can rise a little bit for this game. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting matchup in the forward pack, specifically in the way that they're... I'm looking at the Dragons team now, and it's not a bad forward pack, to be honest. And it's one where we've probably just got to... We're not going to get it, get over them straight away, our forward pack. But I think it's one where if we stick with it and we keep grinding them down and grinding them down, we'll get them in the end in terms of in the middle. Yeah. But their back line itself does look very promising. Like that yeah. Yeah, Sloan and Amon, those two youngsters, just look brilliant every time I get to see them. Cody Ramsey is someone who... While he hasn't exactly shone in first grade, he's had his moments where you can see what he's got, which, mm -hmm. I mean, you could say the same about the winger that he's opposing in Charlie Staines. So that'll be a very interesting mm -hmm. battle. It, this is a very big test for Tago since he'll be marking up against Zach Lomax because we saw, mm -hmm. I guess, sort of his weaknesses in defence against Parramatta. And yeah. that wasn't really tested too much against the Seagulls because their centres were shocking. Yeah. And then Sully versus Crichton, they're two very different centres, but when they're both on, they're on, and that'll be great to watch. Plus, Ravalawa last week had a... Oh, he, had, he had his poor moments, like dropping the kickoff, but he still got over for a hat-trick where... Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. yeah, if he didn't, they would have lost that game. And yeah, you're right, yeah. they weren't bad last week. I was actually quite impressed by them. I tipped the Warriors and I was watching it going, this Dragons team's not that bad. And No, it's every year. Every yeah. I'm telling you, they start so strong. It happened last year. They're in the top four for ages last year. Yeah. And then they just drop off. They inevitably will drop off. 
Um, but at the beginning, they do really, um, they, they start really well. Yeah, they were a risky early season game. Like, we know enough about, well, I mean, both watching the Dragons for the past 10 or so years and also when we had Anthony Griffin as our coach that he's not a grand final winner of a coach, but yeah. he can, you know, he can get results the way, you know, we yeah. made the finals every year when we, he was our coach. Um, it mm-hmm. wasn't the most enjoyable footy, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but you've all, you can't underestimate him or this Dragons team. And yeah, Ben Hunt, he has his he has his moments where you kind of feel sorry for him, where he has a little brain fade or just makes the wrong decision at the worst time. But he's an excellent halfback, and yeah. we can't afford him too many opportunities to set up this back line with a great play. I think Andrew McCulloch is their weakness in this team. You know, he's not a bad player, but he's about mm. a thousand years old and the game has passed yeah. him by, to be completely honest. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, last week you could tell that Manly's forwards knew that Croker wasn't going to run the ball. So they had to run mm-hmm. it every single time and he was just giving them service which I think mm-hmm. tired them out quite quickly because they had to make a run every single play the ball. And yeah. I think McCulloch's at the stage of his career where he's almost like that. Yeah. And that's one where I think we can get the edge over them. Yeah. And to be completely honest, we are a much better team than them on paper. We are. Yeah, yeah. and we should not lose this game. No. But we, we can't afford to, you know, fall asleep against them because they do have Definitely some spark not. and some firepower. They'll pile the points on and we just, we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we have to try and come back from that. Yeah. Like I think we'll concede more than one try this week, but yep. I see us, you know, having the capability of scoring more than 28 points. But yep. that being said, it we shouldn't be required to, to be honest. And yeah. I think I, I'm seeing a 13-plus win from us, but... I hope so. That, yeah, but it kind of like our game against them in Queensland last year, they gave it to us for a lot of the game and they kept us honest. And yep. I think this will be a similar game where it might, in the final 20 minutes, you might get tries kind of like Liam Martin's last week that helped blow it out a little bit more. But yeah. I think for the most part, it'll be quite a close game. I think so too. Uh, we've, we've, we've been quite complimentary of the Dragons here, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, it, they deserved it. They, I think yeah. there was a number of teams last week that really did play really well. Um, it seems like it's going to be a lot more of an even competition this year, which is really good. Um, saying that, we were still definitely a level above everybody else, which was also awesome. But, yeah, the Dragons and the Raiders, even the Sharks – um knights broncos the tigers were much improved like there's a lot of players a lot of teams that aren't just along for the ride this year and to be honest from last year even from round one round two these teams were lying over they were they were lying down getting getting rolled you know so it's a really good sign i think for the year to come that it is going to be a bit more even these teams are really going to give it a crack yeah i think um it is definitely a more even comp this year. Like I said last week about 
regards to signings, the way that the the teams that were a bit lower down on the table have made some good signings in comparison to the top four teams who haven't really had the opportunity to recruit very well. And then when you add that with the fact that they've managed to not completely tinker with the rules over an off-season for once. Yeah, exactly. Um, So it's a bit consistent. It's not like teams are having to, you know, learn them quickly and adjust to it quickly. They've had a season to adjust to it already. Yeah, like this this comp, it might be a bit of a level a year. And it's it's very early days, but Mm. watching the rest of the the round last week, as every game was going by, I was feeling better and better about Penrith's chances. Me too. (laughs) Because I'd say us and the Knights were probably the only two teams who had, like, great performances. I did actually think Brisbane had a great performance. I think um, they had had, I think Selwyn Cobbo um, was awesome, but he did throw a few forward passes that if they were a fraction backwards, they they would have been tries and it would have been a bit of a score. But their um, defence was awesome. And, um, yeah, so I actually think it's us and um, Knights and Broncos that really were the standouts from last um, round for sure. What a star Selwyn Cobbo is, by the way, isn't he? Oh, he was, he's so fun. He's so enjoyable to watch. I, um, I, I can't wait for them to... I'd surely eventually they switch Zarko and him because yeah, he'll be the fullback. He's surely the fullback next year when Asako's at the Dolphins. For sure, and yeah. He's, he's better just, than him right now. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, Asako yeah. has fallen away the last few years and he he's has. still a good player. Yeah. But at the moment... Cobo is He's the not real threat that, in that back sure. line. Yeah. Yeah. And I having him, He's having the one him, that I'm watching, yeah. Yeah, having him alongside Stags, it's yeah. dangerous. And Yeah, it is. I, I love Josh Mansour with all my heart, and I was so devastated when he left. But, wow, yeah. Uh, watching him against those two, it just showed that uh, we made the right choice. Yeah. I think it's just... I think it's Josh's uh, time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think this might you know, be his last year. I think so. You, you need to just, it's, it's one of these unfortunate careers where there is an expiry and it's very easy to pay, pay past that expiry because yeah. you don't want to stop. I mean, if someone told me you had to stop working, I had to stop working in five years, I would not, I would cling it every, you know, um, to, to every part of that. So I understand why it takes them a long time to kind of accept that. But, um, yeah, I think he needs to. Yeah, I've always, I've always had this opinion that, about, like, players, like, oh, why don't you just, just retire? You know, you've had a great mm-hmm. career. But then I listened to a documentary about uh, women's soccer in the US and there was this player, she was – she basically had to retire because the league folded in the late nineties or early two thousands. And her husband Mm -hmm. was a player uh, for a men's team over there. And he was considering retirement because he was slowing down a little bit. And she said to him, you know, no, go and play until they literally tell you, we don't want you to play anymore. And I completely understand it because you look at the way that say someone like Benji could have retired last year but he got one more yep, year yep. out and he ended up in a grand final. And yep, so yep. I don't blame Josh for 
No, you want to milk it. You want to do financially and mentally. You want to keep playing on. So I get it. Especially when he's turned down bigger contracts multiple times to stay with Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't like the way it happened, but I understand no. it had to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, a decision where it was made with the next 10 years in mind. And yeah, yeah. it was the right decision. But I yeah. just wish it happened a different way. And I wish I wish it happened with him going out as a premiership winner. Me too. And I going by what we've seen from Souths in that game, I think he will be retiring without a premiership unless he yeah. gets a mid-season move back to Penrith. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is not happening. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I think we're set. <laughs> okay, well, that is just about all we have time for on this week's episode of the Big Cat Chat. Um, you know, we've pushed through despite, uh, you know, we're dying, um, but at least we're dying with Dylan Edwards being the best player in the comp. It's um, a great way to go. <laughs> I, I'd just like to apologise to anyone if my sound quality is a bit worse this week. Uh, unfortunately, my microphone is back at my apartment and uh, I can't go there because I'm locked down in Victoria's apartment at the moment. So I'm doing it through your laptop microphone. <laughs> uh, but, you know, next week it'll be back to normal. And hopefully, you know, We'll both be perfectly a okay, you know. No, no tonsillitis. No, I don't know. No, no more. Give us a yeah. break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this karma for us for being arrogant Penrith fans? I mean, I would say that, but then look at the performance they put in. The world doesn't want us to stop being arrogant. <laughs> exactly, it's giving us too many opportunities. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, if you liked what you heard today and you want to follow us on any of our socials, we are on Instagram under Big Cat Chat and on Twitter at Big Cat Chat Pod, where we'll keep you up to date with things like our three, two, ones. Uh, we'll post when the new episode's up. I completely forgot to get a photo in the Mitch Kenny shirt and it's at my, my apartment, so I can't do that for about another week. Soon to um, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keep your eyes out for that. Maybe turn our post notifications on so that way you'll know. Just <laughs> a like. <laughs> and let us know what you think. Uh, jump in the comments and the replies. You know, give us any feedback that you wish. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for all your support so far. Thanks, guys. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.